Welcome to the Audacious Intent Podcast with Imani Harris. This podcast is for the visionary woman who is ready to create the flexibility and freedom they desire by standing boldly in their authority. I can't wait to share tips and inspiration to keep you pressing forward in your journey so you could continue to shine as the queen that you are. Hello, hello. All right, queen. Thank you guys Let's so dive much on into today's in topic. Podcast episode. I am so excited, you guys. This guest who's coming up, what can I say about them? They are phenomenal. They are a genius ninja when it comes to operating online businesses. But she also has a heart of God and really cares about those that she has around her, even though she has yet to meet. She has such a warm and endearing spirit, you guys, that makes her such a joy and pleasure. And it's an honor for me to call her not only my immunity sister, but she's also my godly sister in Christ as well, because we get along on so many levels. And I'm not going to lie, we kind of bullshitted for about 20 minutes just laughing because we get each other so well. And it is so key to have a person like this one in your community who's going to pray for you, who's going to support you, who's going to encourage you, but she's also going to hold you accountable in love because she wants to see you win. So everyone, please virtually help me welcome the wonderful Callie Plummer to the podcast. Hey, Callie, what's up, girl? Hi. Hello. Oh gosh, what a what a beautiful intro. Thank you so much. And I'm I'm just happy to share this space with you and um just continue to to support each other. I think that that is something that everybody needs. So thank you. Absolutely. You know, it's not always we get to be interviewed on a podcast or by Forbes. I'm claiming that right now or to have that TED talk introduction but I know that it's coming whatever that platform is for both of us I see way more opportunities than this and so Callie really share with everyone what is the why in creating your online business well uh, let me start with what I thought was the why um, I think that'll probably give a little more context as to what my why is now. Um, so when I started my online business, it was in the wake of COVID. And my why then was because I was so wanting to get removed from corporate that I was at the point where I wanted to literally do anything and I didn't know, I didn't know what that looked like. I had dabbled in doing virtual assisting prior to that. And then, you know how it goes when you're like working in a corporate environment, you get triggered. And, uh, thankfully to Clubhouse and some of the people that I've met through Upwork and what have you, um, my life has been so very fulfilled into what I do now. Um, my why now is a little bit different. My why now is really being an advocate for women in business to help them jumpstart 
their businesses, scale their business, move into more of a team model if that's what their business is demanding from them, and really be that side-by-side to grow and foster um, and help them, you know, really scale so that we can all thrive as a whole, because it's very important as a woman that we have our own financial stability. And so if that is done through building a business, uh, that's, that's what I like to help teach and also build on the back end so that she's able to have that. So I guess now looking at it, it's a little bit interesting, you know, how my why has come from something that I needed, but through my work that I've done, it's become so much more as a fulfillment of um, what other, what other people need. So I'm very, I feel very blessed to do the work that I do. I absolutely love that. And from a lot of people that I've talked with as well on Clubhouse, just as you have, we have all started a business based on a pain point, right? There was a need that we were looking for that wasn't being fulfilled around us at that time. And instead of waiting for it to come to fruition or for someone else to start it, we took that leap of faith to go ahead and let us be the catalyst for what we felt would be something that we were so looking for and was lacking at the time. So I really like how you touch on that and kind of explain the whole process of how it shifted from the initial why to the new why. So with helping businesses and being a business owner yourself, what was the journey like for you in getting started to where you are now really feeling fulfilled? Oof. Um, that's a little question. Buckle up for this one. And I think maybe I've, I've touched a little bit, um, on my podcast, a little bit about how I came to my journey, but I can definitely, um, talk more in depth over here on it. And I think for me, like I said, I was working in corporate. Um, I thought I was saying, let me back up. I was a very young mom. Um, I got pregnant um, when I was 19 and had her when I was 20, and I was not in college. I wasn't really, I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life, and so three degree changes later, I (laughs) figured out that I wanted to have a bachelor's in business with a focus in HR, Uh, and so I went and got my associates first and continued on, Um, and so I am the first generation of bachelor's um, college grad in my family, um, and my mom actually graduated graduated with her associates the same day that I graduated uh, with my bachelor's in business. So um, it takes us women in our family a little bit longer <laughs> to figure out what we want to do in our lives, and so cut to working in corporate. Um, I was very much in the generation of you grow up, you go to school, you get a good job, you work Monday through Friday, nine to five, you collect the benefits, you stay there for 30 years, and then you get your pension and you leave. I'm a millennial. So, of course, that didn't happen because our economy shifted, our economy changed. I was still always sort of in the HR recruiting mode. Um, and so when I really started figuring out that I needed to do something more with my life. It was at the wake of 
the company that I was working for shut down one of the branches that I was uh, managing. And so when that happened, it catapulted me into thinking outside the box um, because I really wasn't sure if I wanted to go back to corporate. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life because I was really burnt out on recruiting and, and the HR world. And so um, my husband, boyfriend at the time, he was like, well, you know, you dabbled in the virtual assisting a little bit. Why don't you try and do something on your own? And I knew I had a set amount of weeks for unemployment. <laughs> and so I thought to myself, well, I'm going to take I'm going to take these X amount of weeks. I'm going to hustle. And if I make something come out of it, great. If I don't, then I go back to corporate. That's just what I'll do. Insert week six here where I, uh, again, thought I was going to go back to corporate. And this time I was like, yeah, commercial insurance sounds fun. I don't know who in the world thinks commercial insurance sounds fun, but I thought it did at the time. So I went and became a um, a licensed insurance agent, and then COVID hit, and I was still in the process of being changed or trained. I'm sorry, still in the process of being trained, and they were making me come into the office while everybody else was working from home. And I had been running circles <laughs> around the people that were there and immediately it triggered something inside of me that was like, if they don't value my health and my um, priorities because I knew, then I don't really need to be here. And I had met a wonderful woman who stalked me down on LinkedIn. Um, we exchanged emails and um, Jeannie Francis from Hustle Smarter is her name. And she said in one of our conversations, oh my gosh, do you know about Clubhouse? And I'm like, I have no clue. And in the wake of this also, she had asked me for assistance with one of her clients who I still have to this day and love her. And so I started working with Jeannie, started getting involved with uh, Clubhouse, and I came home and said to my husband, I think I need to quit my job. And he said, excuse me? And I said, mm-hmm, uh, because I had signed four clients overnight that had made, single-handedly made it available that I could quit my job. And I immediately started bawling and said to my husband, I can't believe that I made this happen, but no matter what, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to do what I need to do to get out of this environment. And so I remember my last day clearly because I had been one of the first in the office and he sent me an email and said, hey, can you print this and staple it? And I sent him an email back and said, actually, no, I can't because I'm packing up my desk. Have a good day. And so for me, removing myself from corporate made made it so I gave myself value. I had consistently been in environments where I didn't feel like I was valued as a member of the team. I didn't feel like I... Uh, was making any progress and I didn't feel like I was serving anybody that really 
mattered. And so as I fluctuated through this space of working in corporate, really wanting to be able to do it on my own, there was a lot of limiting beliefs that I had to overcome because I'm not confident sometimes in the work that I do. So that is pretty much how I how I landed here. <laughs> I started my social media um, and I, I sat down and whipped up a website real quick, uh, which is still a, a, you know, a labor of love. But I really am excited that I get to show up in this space with other women and help build their businesses. That really sets my soul on fire. And so to know now what I didn't know then, which was to just keep plugging along and to just keep the fire going in me, I knew that at some point it was going to make me um, successful. So that's that. I absolutely love that. And you're being so humble. Oh, that's that. No, that was like a whole journey from Genesis to Revelation of the pitfalls of corporate, how it's lost its flavor of truly valuing their employees to you recognizing you were worth being valued, especially your health and wellness. And if they were willing to put it at risk, that was basically like a non-negotiable for you. And so I really want to touch on that because I think so often, especially we as women, have such a hard time really finding out what our true value is. So help us to understand what that journey was for you and understanding your true value to go ahead and tell that company, thank you, but no thank you. Uh, I think for me, I, during that time, as you know, Amani, I deal with seronegative rheumatoid arthritis. And that, I was walking through that journey also at that time. Um, so I was feeling very fatigued, very unmotivated, very um, down on myself because I thought that this was just me. And what I realized was I wasn't getting proper care to take care of myself. And so that then in turn translated into me feeling like I'm unworthy to leave corporate. And what I found was I needed to search for an opportunity for me to be cared for from a practitioner standpoint, but also the work that I am doing and I need to feel valued. And so it all just sort of came to a head together because I was feeling very sick all the time. I didn't know why, um, you know, as a lot of people may or may not know with rheumatoid arthritis or any sort of autoimmunity um, disease is you feel off but you can't really pinpoint what those symptoms are and you can't really articulate to someone how you're feeling because you're feeling all the things all the time of the day. So uh, cut to me also feeling unworthy <laughs> in my job, feeling like I'm not making an impact. I really was doing myself disservice as a whole by not leaving corporate sooner. And not really spending that full time that I had available 
when I was on unemployment to actually make a splash. Obviously, God puts people in your places for a reason. And so that wasn't my time. But I knew in the back of my head that there was more for me. I just had to figure out how. And so I continued to research. I continued to find ways and and reasons for me to keep showing up and keep building, even if nobody saw it, right? Um, I had my my website. I had different, um, but I never really put it out there, and I never had a social media, and I never really told people what I wanted to do, and so nobody really number one, took it seriously, (laughs) but then also nobody really knew like what I was, what I was trying to do. And I didn't know then. Um, but what I knew is that I had, I had something of worth to give people. I just really had to become clear on what that was. Did I answer your question? I don't even know what the question was. That is autoimmune brain fog, everyone, at its fine. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, it was about how did you get to the point of, you know, feeling valued because, you know, the job wasn't doing it for you. So oh. it was building it yourself. So you did answer it. Yeah. And so I, then I want to touch on that again because you mentioned the autoimmunity. And how did the autoimmunity play a role in really getting you to where you are today? Hmm. Um, I, I had been not bodybuilding, powerlifting, also lifting like a bodybuilder, whatever. Uh, this was in 2015 and this is when I didn't know, I didn't know that I had an issue going on. Um, I had been misdiagnosed with Hashimoto's and so I thought that that was the path that I was fighting. And so rolling into sort of doing powerlifting, still feeling sort of unworthy. I was also in a in a marriage where I felt like I had to prove myself. Um, and so it was sort of this cloud that followed me through all different areas of my life, whether it be professionally or personally, of worthiness, right? And it was a very dark cloud. And it just sort of was like, oh, yeah, I mean, you have this thing called worthiness, but it's not really clear. <laughs> and so what I learned was when I was misdiagnosed and then I continued to f- fight and figure out because I was doing all of the textbook things that Hashimoto's people need to be doing. And every single morning I would still get up and feel like crap. Every single morning I would get up and my joints hurt. Um, I felt sick and I just, like I said, was unmotivated. And I just keep thinking there has got to be something more. And when I went and finally found a rheumatologist who is absolutely amazing in my area, he was sending me off for, for different blood tests, right? This is probably the fourth set of blood tests that I've had done. But it was the proper ones because then when it came back, he got a care plan together. And now, I mean, my my bad days are few far in between, but that's usually like if I'm not taking my medicine or something. And so when I started to feel worthy that I was able to take care of myself, um, 
I also started really realizing that that worthiness was still a dark, heavy cloud because I wasn't feeling fulfilled in other areas of my life, especially professionally. I love working for a living. I love having a job to show up to every day. But what I realized is that it needed to be the job that I designed for myself. It needed to be something that I could be myself, interact with other people, um, have good, honest conversations, which I wasn't getting from corporate because oftentimes I would show up to meetings and I would have ideas and I would display them and I would get the, oh, that's a really great idea. Yeah. We should really do that. And everybody's enthused. And I wish everybody could see my face right now because it's totally the face that everybody shows up to when, you know, like the head nods and the, ooh, that's really good. And then it would fall on deaf ears. Not that my ideas always have to be the top solution, right? We'll just get that out of the way. But when they're continually overlooked and then you see the dumpster fire happened, and then they implement the idea as like a plan B fire extinguisher moment. You sort of sit there and go, on one hand, yeah, probably should have listened to me the first time, but then also like you just <laughs> you just took my idea because you needed a contingency plan. Like I'm not a contingency plan. I'm not someone that you can just have do the admin work or fulfill a certain area because that's what's making you money in the moment. And I had fallen to a place where once I started taking care of myself and realizing the value that I had placed on myself, both health, wealth, happiness, everything else started falling into place. Everything with my job started feeling like I was, what's a good word I could use for this? I was like a fraud because I was showing up and having to have this perfect personality every day. And I just had to be closed lipped because that's what my job demanded of me. And I just had to sit and do my work. And that was it. And that is not who I am as a person. And so it it just never resonated with me. And so I could have made a choice, right? I could have went and found another corporate position to try and see if if that would bring me value or that would bring me peace. But then I just woke up one day and God was like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. You're going to go in there. You're going to pack up your desk and we're going to make this work. We're going to make this work and it's going to be okay. And it was like a sigh of relief for me because I knew that if I just gave it all to him and said, you tell me what I need to be doing with my life because this is your show, not mine, then it would work. Whether or not it was going to find that corporate job or showing up and, and being an entrepreneur. And I'm so glad that he pushed me to the entrepreneur side because all around now, I feel I feel worthy of of the work that I do and who I am as a person. Wow. Ooh, that was a lot to unpack right there. I need like three more suitcases of all the information she just laid out there for us. But for one, I can really feel was kind of like a theme 
was how you valued and cared about yourself. And so often with society, especially as women, we're told we have to care about everyone else, look out for everyone else. Taking care of ourselves was selfish. But I was just reminded last week by a friend that, that gave me this quote that says, you know, self-care is being able to give your best to the world, not what's left over. And so often we give and give and give until what is left over is that residue at the bottom of the cup and we're still scratching on that. And then we break our cup. But then who was there to replenish and refill us? So we have to be intentional in refilling, refueling and being replenished by God first. And then the overflow that comes out the cup, that's what goes to everyone else. But we have to remember that the cup is for us. And what you pointed on was that until we see that for ourselves, it's going to be hard to show that to other people. Yeah. And I'll just add to that, you know, I my daughter's 15 and a half now. Uh, So when I started this journey, she would have been working on 15. So 14 and a half, maybe turning 15. And. When you're a young mom, you're you're often conditioned, right, that you have to set aside all of your hopes and dreams to to take care of this human being. And while that is true in so many ways, what I will say is that that should not be a societal norm, that you can have a baby and chase your dreams at the same time. Because I waited until my daughter was in kindergarten before I went back to college, uh, before I, I knew that that was a value that me inherently needed was for me to, to go and do that. Um, but also teaching them value, teaching your children value placed on getting an education, whether that's a trade, whether that's using the Google search bar, something, teaching them the value of becoming educated so that they are able to prosper their life. But what I found was I wasn't teaching my daughter how to take care of herself. I wasn't teaching my daughter that her cup needed to be full. Sorry, getting emotional. I'm a crier, y'all. That is just what I do. Um, But I wasn't teaching her that her cup had to be full before she could fill anybody else's cup. And so I spent years, years um, just going through the motions of doing it all. And what I will say to that, too, is getting a support system around me, getting rid of some of the negative experiences, the negative people, that really was helpful and instrumental in order for me to be able to wake up that one day and say, you know what, there's got to be something more. Um, And when you start to recognize that if you let your mental health, if you let your physical health go long enough, your body And God will get to a point where they're like, okay, now we have to give you a slap on the, on the patty and say, slow down. Um, and I think truly that was being misdiagnosed with Hashimoto's that God was like, okay, you need to continue to work on this. And that means you need to slow down. Um, I, I really think that 
if we are able as moms, as wives, as sisters, as the female lead in our family, oftentimes, if we prioritize ourselves and our health, then we are prioritizing our family and those we are surrounding ourselves around because we truly are no good if we are just running ragged. So I just wanted to add that. Well, that that is so relevant to bring up because I think a lot of times, too, we're so enraptured in the hustle culture of just slay it, grind it, hustle it out. You can sleep when you die. That's not of God. I'm sorry. It's not. Um, <laughs> because when you're dead, that means your time is up. There is no redo, you know, and that rest is truly the new revenue, because if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not getting that proper rest, if you're not stopping and pausing and reflecting, you know, just like you mentioned, it can manifest into worse things to the point that now you have no choice but to sit down because of the enormity of now that warning that has been placed in front of you. I like to say that's how my car accident was for me, which started me on my own autoimmunity journey, was a way of uh, doing too much, sis, haven't been paying attention, so now I'm going to sit you down. Because I was just going and going and going just just for the sake of going with not even really realizing I was only being busy, but I was not being productive. And those are two completely different paradigms and how we have to be okay with going against what is the perceived norm of what is out there of, hey, just keep moving, keep going, keep pressing, keep going. Yeah, but at a certain point, you're going to exhaust yourself if you don't slow down. You're going to exhaust yourself if you're not taking care of yourself. And so often we push everything back for everyone else. And then it gets to the point that we're too sick. Who is there for us? So we have to always remember, like you said, that support system is key. Get removing yeah. those people who are not of you and for you is key. And then another thing that has been really big in this conversation is your faith is paramount. I can know for myself without my faith, I would not be able to have travailed as far as I have dealing with autoimmunity and all the uncertainties and misdiagnoses as, as you put up. That would have been the end for me if I didn't have my faith. So share with us how important it was for you to lean into your faith in relationship with God. Oh, um, good question. I have always been. Um, I grew up in the church. I was the typical Wells Lutheran. Um, my my mom had me uh, six weeks later. I was baptized, you know, all the things that you do in a Lutheran family. Uh, and so like a true Lutheran, I also know how to eat. Just saying. Uh, casseroles are a thing. Anyhow, back to the subject at hand. Uh, so I've always known that God is my right-hand man. I've always known that um, he is the one that has died for me. And at the end of the day, I serve him and no one else. And um, that he will pull me through literally anything. So I've always leaned on him. It was just more so in my personal life. But as I got older, um I realized that the the church that I was a part of, the synod that I was a part of, really leaned in on the fact of telling people that they're a sinner, 
but didn't give any tangible advice for how to bring other people closer to Jesus or how to be that true disciple that God commands us to be in the Bible. Um, I remember feeling shameful that if I missed a, a Sunday of church, like, what are the people going to say? Um, what are the looks I'm going to get in the next service if I do show up? And just as a quick personal note, um, my daughter also grew up going to church school uh, because, again, that's what our family did. And K through eight, I graduated with eight people in my class at the little parochial school. So I'm like, she needs to have that too, right? Uh, because that's all I knew. And so I remember uh, one of the teachers, when I was getting ready to pull her out and send her to public school, he said, you don't want to do that. She's too pretty for that. And those people will eat her up. And so I stood up and I ended the conversation and I made it my mission to find somewhere that not only were we welcome, but people knew tangible opportunities to be able to love on each other in the way God tells us to love, which is to love unconditionally. And that's it. There's no extra added only love. So and so only, you know, show this much love. It's love is love is love. And that's our job. And so when I found that, it really was the key piece that I was missing to be able to really grow my relationship with God. And once I figured out how to do that, which for me, that looks like things like morning Bible study or um, journaling on a Bible verse of the day. Like these are key things that I do every day that really help me grow closer but also not just grow closer to really understand like what God has for me and what he says about me as a person and how I'm supposed to treat others. And I think that I would not be able to grow my business to what it is now without educating myself on the continual love and support that I need to provide them because it fills their cup and not mine. Oftentimes as business owners, we're heavily conditioned to focus on what's going to get us the biggest revenue, what's going to get us, um, you know, rich quicker. And there's a lot of toxic positivity that floats around on the internet that says, if you do X, Y, and Z, you will be successful. And what I realized is reading those things are not good for me because that's not what makes you successful. For me, it's being super in tune to what my clients are demanding from me as far as what their business needs, not necessarily from them as a person. And so that all is cultivated through my walk of faith to just be a steward of the Bible to show up in a loving way consistently. And then that's what generates my revenue. That's what generates my growth because I'm showing up authentically and I'm showing up the way in which God has designed me to show up. So I hope that answers your question. I absolutely love that, um, Callie. And it actually ties into the other things that you do as well. And, 
you know, before we wrap this episode up, I would love to share with the audience that, you know, you and I are actually partnering on a masterclass together because as you have heard, we are autoimmune sisters as well. You know, as you guys have heard, I deal with eight autoimmune conditions and so it can be a struggle. And so we both know how hard it is how necessary it is to find hope and also sustain that hope to really get you going through the whole diagnosis misdiagnosis told there's nothing that can be done for you there is no cure see you when we see you and how that can be very isolating and demoralizing a lot and then in tune that also adds to the shame and stigma around autoimmunity so we're having a wonderful master class on october 14th which is a thursday next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we're going to be sharing our own journey of finding hope in the way living with autoimmunity. So, Kelly, please share with everyone how integral and exciting that this is going to be. I am so excited about partnering with you about this. You know, part of the journey for me has been um, really clinging on that hope piece, right? Because it's it can be all-consuming. It can be very daunting, especially when people show up in a space and say, oh, I didn't even realize. Oh, you don't look sick. Uh, how many times, I mean, you can raise your hand, nobody's going to see you, but how many times have we heard that? Um, and so it really, the more people say that, and they Let's be clear, they really don't know what they're saying, right? But when they say that, at least for me, it triggers something inside of me that goes, well, what does it matter if I find a solution? Or what does it matter if I show up for my doctor's appointment or keep pursuing this? Because nobody nobody knows anyway. So can I just continue to suffer silently? And what we're hoping that you'll learn and what we're hoping that you will get from this is that you don't have to suffer silently. You, that you are worthy of continuing to be hopeful that there is an answer and continuing to push to find that answer. Because once you find out that you are worthy and you get a treatment plan and you start to feel good, even if it's not every day, right? Moment by moment. As long as you continue on the plan to finding a positive solution, that's your hope, right? That's your your ultimate goal. And, you know, just having hope in and of itself is not a solution. You have to be doing those action steps that continue to press you on. But I think if we can just educate even just one person to go and continue the fight and make sure that, you know, they are being supported and they are being loved, I'm so very excited for people to come and and just be heard and just be valued and be loved on because that's really what people, especially with autoimmunity, really need as a whole is just a community of people to understand. That is so true, Callie. I mean, I hear it all the time when I do share, you know, my own journey, you know, openly with people and they find out that there's someone else 
because so often as we're going through our journey, we feel we are the only person who's going through this autoimmunity journey. We're the only one. There's no one else. We're misunderstood. And that further enhances the isolation because you feel misunderstood that no one no one gets it, that you don't matter and that you have to deal with it all by yourself. And the whole premise of this masterclass is to help everyone know you're not alone in this. You're not the only person dealing with some type of autoimmune condition. And even though people cannot see it on the outside, it doesn't make it any less valid because it's a war going on on the inside. And that it is okay to advocate for yourself until you get the answer you know you so need. Because only you and God know what's going on with your body. No lab test can always get it right. No scan is always going to get it right. But you know by being persistent and getting to that answer of what it is that you need so that your mind and body and soul is at peace. And so we're just excited about this opportunity to really share what our journey has been like to provide some insight and also some inspiration to other women to know that it's not lost, that you still is still deserving of you to have a thriving life, even with autoimmunity. It is simply a condition and a limitation, but does not have to define what you can and can't do unless you allow it to. And so we are definitely looking forward to presenting this to you guys and just giving you that place, a safe space to come, be loved on and be in a supportive community so you can be connected and also experience true compassion. So before we end the episode, Callie, please let everyone know where they can find you for more information. Sure. So I am um, underscore Callan Co. pretty much all across the internet. I'm active more so on Clubhouse and Instagram. And my website is www.thecalandco.com. So feel free to send me a message through there if you can't find me on Instagram. But um, I'm always happy to have have a chat if you need a, a sounding board or a secure place to come and have a hard conversation. I'm always open and willing to do that in the DMs of Instagram. But that's pretty much where you can find me. Well, there you have it, everyone. Please be sure to tap into Callie. She's a great place of support and encouragement. And if you need any business needs, in helping with getting your business where you would like it to be so that it can scale and to prepare you for a team, please definitely reach out to her for that as well. I want to thank you, Callie, so much for being on today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And please be sure to tap into both of us with any of your ahas. And we hope to see you on the 14th. And until then, may you continue to soar and shine in everything that you do. This has been the Audacious Intent Podcast with Imani Harris. Thank you so much for joining. I hope that what you heard today was helpful to you. If you have feedback on today's episode, feel free to message hello at audaciouslymade.com. I'd love to hear from you. 
Be sure to join me again next time for another episode of education and empowerment to stand boldly in your life and business. Thanks for listening and continue to shine in everything you do.